Was there a quid pro quo? The answer is yes. I'm satisfied. I yield the balance of my time to Congressman Jack Daniels. Mm -hmm. I get a double bartender. Well, I don't know why I came here tonight. That's why. I got the feeling that something ain't right. No, it ain't. I'm so scared in case I fall off my chair. And I'm wondering how I'll get down the stairs. Clowns to the left of me, jokers to the right. Here I am, stuck in the middle with you. Yep. Yes, I'm stuck in the middle From with Pacifica you. Radio in Los Angeles, this is the broadcast as heard on KPFK 90.7 FM in L.A. Also in California, in Red Bluff and Redding on KFOI, Round Mountains, KKRN, and Eureka's KGOE. In Oregon on the Central Coast on KYAQ, Cottage Grove's KSO and Eugene's KEPW. In Lancaster, Pennsylvania on WLRI, Maui, Hawaii's KAKU. Columbus, Ohio's WGRN, Palinville, New York's WLPP. In Grand Rapids on WPRR, New Orleans, WHIV, Gallup, New Mexico's KNIZ, Concord, New Hampshire's WNHN, in Fayetteville, Arkansas on KPSQ, in Seattle on KODX, Janesville, Wisconsin's WADR, and Minneapolis, St. Paul's AM950, KTNF. We also stream coast-to-coast and around the globe every day for you on the internets on the Progressive Voices Channel, Netroots Radio, Indie Media Weekly, FYI Nation, NicoleSandler.com, Radio Free Brooklyn, Workforce Rising, Deprogrammed Radio and Detour Talk, Blanketing Planet Earth, five days a week. I am Brad Friedman, your friendly investigative blogger, journalist, troublemaker, muckraker, and all-around swell fellow, says me from bradblog.com. Thank you very much for joining us today. We have had a, uh, a very long week or two of impeachment hearings, which we have tried to cover in detail on the broadcast as one witness after another has come forward with damning testimony against the president's bribery scheme with Ukraine. It has not been easy covering these things each day, and I suspect it's at least as difficult for Americans to try to keep up with these hours and hours and hours of testimony. I mentioned during uh, one of our coverage days to our guest Heather Digby Parton, who has been on hand to help us out on most of the hearing days, that as with presidential debates, it is often in the days that follow afterward before Americans begin to get a picture of how things actually went. And that's often based on what they see on news programs and, yes, the late night comedy shows where many Americans apparently now get their news. So with that in mind, after another long and exhausting week, it seems like a smart idea to sort of uh, recap the action over the past week or so to retell the week's exhausting blizzard of impeachment related events by taking a look at how it played to America on the late night shows. So with that, we present the broadcast late night comedy impeachment hearing week in review special. Trump's impeachment is really heating up. I'll catch you up on all the details of Trump's sticky wicket in tonight's edition of Don and the Giant Impeach. Mommy, take me home. For those just joining us, it looks like Donald Trump withheld military aid to Ukraine 
to try to pressure that country into announcing a bogus investigation of Joe Biden. It looks like uh, the biggest day is going to be Wednesday. Is that when we have? Okay, it's Wednesday, when Congress will hear from U.S. Ambassador to the EU and Lord Baldemart, <laughs> Gordon Sunland. Sunland is in deep during a meeting at the White House, according to a source in the room. Sunland demanded ferociously that the Ukrainians open the Biden investigations. Sunland got very emotional adding that there was lots of yelling. Of course, the biggest Sondland slip-up was when he called Donald Trump from a public restaurant in Kiev, where several witnesses at the table heard Trump over the phone demanding an investigation of Biden. That's a direct link. Now, on Friday, the House heard from one of those witnesses, Counselor for Political Affairs in Ukraine, David Holmes. Holmes confirmed that he indeed did overhear Sondland's phone call and added this colorful detail. In the call he heard Sondland tell Trump, President Zelensky loves your ass. (laughs) Oh, who doesn't? (laughs) Holmes' testimony is also, uh, it also showed that Trump's priority was not on national security, but investigating the Bidens. Trump even asked Sondland, so he's going to do the investigation? To which Sondland replied, he's going to do it, adding that Zelensky will do anything you ask him to. Anything? Is this like a genie situation? <laughs> then I want unlimited wishes and unlimited popcorn shrimp. Now, the other big testimony on Friday? Friday came from former ambassador to Ukraine, Marie Ivanovich. <laughs> Ivanovich. Ivanovich is a decorated diplomat with a 33-year career who was ousted after a smear campaign involving Rudy Giuliani. And if there's one thing Rudy Giuliani knows, it's how to destroy a reputation. (laughs) So far, just his, but he burned that mother to the ground. (laughs) Now, on Friday, while Ivanovich was testifying before Congress, Trump tweeted at her... Everywhere Marie Ivanovich went turned bad. She started off in Somalia. How'd that go? Then fast forward to Ukraine, where the new Ukrainian president spoke unfavorably about her in my second phone call with him. Now she's back in the United States, and the president is being impeached. Kowinky-dink, way to go, Marie. Now... When this tweet landed in the middle of the testimony, again, she's testifying. He's attacking her. Chairman Adam Schiff read it into the record and asked the ambassador for her reaction. Ambassador Ivanovich, uh, as we sit here testifying, the president is attacking you on Twitter. The president in real time is attacking you. What effect do you think that has on other witnesses' willingness to come forward and expose wrongdoing? Well, uh, it's very intimidating. Wow. He's reading Trump's nasty comment right to her on live TV. The House also released a transcript of the testimony from advisor to Vice President Pence. Jennifer Williams. Uh, Williams uh, evidently was listening in on the July 25th phone call with uh, the president of Ukraine and testified that Trump's behavior struck her as unusual and inappropriate. Well, which is it, Jennifer? Because for Trump, inappropriate is the usual. (laughs) Trump attacked this witness, too. Tell Jennifer Williams, whoever that is, to read both transcripts of the presidential calls and see the just-released (laughs) stistiment 
from Ukraine. Yes. Yes, Jennifer. Uh. Yes, Jennifer. Read this testament <laughs> before you testify against the president. Today, the House held its third day of public impeachment hearings and heard from two witnesses with firsthand knowledge of President Trump's phone call with the president of Ukraine. For more on this, it's time for a closer look. It is safe to say that, politically speaking, these hearings have been very bad for President Trump. Seventy percent of Americans now say Trump's actions towards Ukraine were wrong. And since impeachment began, Trump has campaigned for two Republican candidates in deep red states, both of whom lost. Trump even specifically told voters in those states that he needed them to vote Republican to send a message that they still support him. The headlines the next day, Trump took a loss. I lift him up a lot. So Trump took a loss. So you got to give me a big win, please, okay? Okay? Why does he talk to his own supporters like they're children? <laughs> and Trump's reaction to the impeachment hearing has only made things worse. Last week, Trump attacked the former ambassador to Ukraine, Marie Ivanovich, on Twitter during her testimony, which legal analysts said could constitute witness tampering. So in advance of today's hearing, anchors on Trump's favorite TV channel, Fox News, begged him not to tweet or even watch the hearings at all. Now, if I were Trump, I wouldn't even talk about impeachment. I wouldn't tweet about it. The president should just ignore this whole thing. Don't tweet during it. Don't get outraged over it. It ticks you off. Think about that. Fox News anchors are telling the president to ignore the hearings, <laughs> even though Fox News is airing those same impeachment hearings. In fact, the public hearings are going so badly for Trump that Republicans who spent weeks complaining the initial depositions were being held in private are now going back to saying this should all be handled behind closed doors. Here's Wisconsin Senator Ron Johnson on Sunday. One thing I want to point out is the damage that is being done to our country through this entire impeachment process. Those individuals that leaked this, you know, if, if their interest was a stronger relationship with Ukraine, they didn't accomplish this. Having this all come out into public has weakened that relationship, is, has exposed things that didn't need to be exposed. So this would have been far better off if we would have just taken care of this behind the scenes. Oh, would that have been better for you now that it's embarrassing? You want to take care of it behind the scenes? <laughs> and after this morning's hearing, you can see why Republicans wanted to handle impeachment behind the scenes, because it's been devastating for them. Today's first witnesses were Jennifer Williams, a Russia advisor to Vice President Mike Pence, who's worked for other Republican presidents, and Lieutenant Colonel Alexander Vindman, the top Ukraine expert on the National Security Council and a decorated war veteran. They both heard... Trump's phone call with the president of Ukraine. Vindman, for example, said he reported the call out of a sense of duty because it was inappropriate and improper. Both witnesses could also provide direct first-hand knowledge of even the smallest details from the phone calls. Williams also testified directly about what she heard on that call, and she said she was also concerned about it. I found the July 25th phone call unusual because, in contrast to other presidential calls I had observed, it involved discussion of what appeared to be a domestic political matter. That's right. The call was unusual, both because the president of the United States pressured a foreign country to interfere in the 2020 election, and also because it was Donald Trump, and everything he does is unusual. Now, Williams is an advisor to the vice president of the United States, and she heard the call herself, and yet Trump attacked her Sunday on Twitter, writing, tell Jennifer Williams, whoever that is, to read both transcripts of the presidential calls. What do you mean, whoever that is? She's an advisor to the vice president. Soon Trump's going to start pretending he never even met Mike Pence. Oh, that guy, I thought that guy was a Halloween decoration. I, <laughs> I put a bucket of candy in his lap for trick-or-treaters. <laughs> now, in advance of the hearings, Republicans have tried to impugn the integrity and character of Lieutenant Colonel Vindman. Yesterday, for example, Wisconsin Senator Ron Johnson wrote a letter suggesting Vindman was trying to sabotage Trump, although he had no proof whatsoever. You think he's trying to sabotage Trump? The only person who's trying to sabotage Donald Trump is Donald Trump. I mean, the guy 
commits crimes, then goes on TV and confesses to them. Honestly, there's a chance he's trying to get impeached so he can collect unemployment. Check it out. Now that I've been fired, I get two weeks severance plus Cobra. Conservatives on Fox and elsewhere have also claimed that because Vindman speaks Ukrainian and because he came here as a refugee when he was three years old, he somehow has more of an allegiance to Ukraine than the United States. But today, during the hearing, Vindman courageously rebuffed any suggestion that he was somehow loyal to any country other than the U.S. And there was one moment where he reminded GOP Congressman Devin Nunes of his army rank. Mr. Vindman, you testified in your deposition that you did not know the whistleblower. Uh, rank member, it's uh, Lieutenant Colonel Vindman, please. Uh, Le Lieutenant Colonel Vindman. <laughs> and when their attacks on Vindman's credibility didn't work, GOP Congressman John Ratcliffe shifted tactics and tried to claim that no one who testified had ever specifically used the word bribery in any of their depositions. No witness has used the word bribery to describe President Trump's conduct. That's your argument? He can't be guilty because they didn't use that exact word? Republicans must spend all their time reading the federal code looking for crimes Trump isn't guilty of. Let's see here, extortion, guilty. Uh, fraud, you know, he's guilty on that. Uh, what about speeding? Has he ever run a red light? Damn it! <laughs> Once again, this hearing proved that Republicans have no defense. All they can do is attack the witnesses because that's what Trump wants. I wouldn't be surprised if Trump called Republicans and Fox News before the hearing and said, You gotta give me a big win, please, okay? This has been a closer look. We are on the day three of live impeachment hearings. And I'm going to give you all the latest deets in tonight's edition of Don and the Giant Impeach. Help me, please help me. The first of four witnesses today was National Security Council Ukraine expert, Lieutenant Colonel Alexander Vindman. Vindman uh, came to the United States as a child when his father fled the Soviet Union and went on to enlist in the army where he received a Purple Heart for his service in Iraq. Well, given his history, the only way Vindman could be more all-American is if he appeared in a Ken Burns documentary about the Statue of Liberty, <laughs> which he did as a child. We went here. We went to... Our mother died, so we went to Italy. And then we came here. And when I grow up, I want to be in the army and testify about the president's corruption in Ukraine. <laughs> Vindman used his opening statement to send a message to his father, who was still alive, and fled the Soviet Union. When my father was 47 years old, he left behind his entire life and the only home he had ever known to start over in the, in the United States so his three sons could have a better and, sa and safer lives. Dad, I'm sitting here today in the U.S. Capitol talking to our elected professionals. Is proof that you made the right decision 40 years ago to leave the Soviet Union come here to the United States of America in search of a better life for our family. Do not worry. I will be fine for telling the truth. That is beautiful. Mm. That is absolutely... That's moving. And true. Yeah. It's true. But you know it's really going to enrage Trump because it features his two least favorite things, immigrants and fathers who love their sons. <laughs> now... Uh, later on, Representative Sean Maloney asked Vindman about that statement. I'm struck by that word, don't worry, that phrase, do not worry, you addressed to your dad. They would have worried if you were putting yourself up against the President of the United States, is that right? He deeply worried about it, because in his context, there was, there was the ultimate risk. And why do you have confidence that you can do that? 
And tell your dad not to worry. Congressman, because this is America. This is the country I've served and defended, uh, that all of my brothers have served, and here, right matters. Alexis, this is amazing. That's right. Thank you. Yes, in America, right matters. You know, unless you're one of the congressmen on the right, then not so much these days. <laughs> when Republican ranking member Devin Nunes began his questioning, Vindman was not afraid to clap back. Mr. Vindman, you testified in your deposition that you did not know the whistleblower. Uh, ranking member, it's uh, Lieutenant Colonel Vindman, please. <laughs> or, or, or Miss Jackson if you're nasty. <laughs> then, Republican Jim Jordan implied that Lieutenant Colonel Vindman did not have the trust of his superiors, but Vindman brought the receipts. So, your boss had concerns about your judgment. Your former boss, Dr. Hill, had concerns about your judgment. Any idea why they have those impressions, Colonel Vindman? Uh, yes, Representative Jordan. I guess I'll, I'll start by uh, reading... Um, Dr. Hill's own words, as she, she attested to in my last evaluation that was dated middle of July, right before she left. Alex is a top 1% military officer and the best army officer I've worked with in my 15 years of government service. He is brilliant, unflappable, and exercises excellent judgment. He uses, he uses excellent judgment. He plans ahead. He brings documents that rebut Jim Jordan's weak-ass smack talk even before it leaves his dirty little mouth. Oh! You know, I've been watching the, the, this, uh, the impeachment hearings. They went on for like 12 hours today. I've been watching in the morning at my house. I think it's having an effect on my children. Last night I asked my daughter if she wanted a bedtime story and she just yelled, read the transcript. <laughs> The Democrats are slowly and methodically building their case against the president brick by brick. Today, Mexico even offered to pay for the bricks. They said, but we got a full day of live televised testimony from four government officials today, three of whom were listening in on Trump's perfect call with the Ukrainian president. We learned a lot. I tell you, if these impeachment proceedings have taught me anything, it's that there is no sentence more depressing than the chair now recognizes Devin Nunes for 45 minutes. <laughs> Nunes used his time today not to get facts because those don't look too good for Team Trump. He used his time instead to lash out at the media. He called them puppets of the Democratic Party. Which is someone who has his, the president's knuckles so far up his butt they're poking his tonsils. Is that person allowed to call other people puppets? In the afternoon session, we heard from Trump's former special envoy to Ukraine, Kurt Volker, and from Tim Morrison of the National Security Council. Volker was not the witness the Republicans had hoped he'd be. He even said he told Rudy Giuliani the allegations that Joe Biden did anything wrong were not credible. And Tim Morrison said Gordon Sondland, who's the big star witness tomorrow, told the Ukrainians there'd be no military aid without a Biden-related investigation. And these were the witnesses for their side. And you know how the White House broke protocol and stored the records of Trump's perfect call on a top-secret server? Well, wait till you hear the explanation for that. Did you subsequently learn that the call record had been put in a highly classified system? I did. And what reason did Mr. Eisenberg give you for why the call record was put in the highly classified system? It was a mistake. You said it was just a mistake? 
It, it was an administrative error. Right, right. Yeah. <laughs> the record of the call where the president committed a crime, we accidentally hid that one away. It was a mistake. Someone dropped it in a box. It wound up in the attic. The ladder's broken. Nothing we can do to get it. So those are the witnesses the Republicans wanted to call in. The morning session was with Jennifer Williams, who's an aide to Vice President Pence, and the uh, Ukraine man on the National Security Council, Lieutenant Colonel Alexander Vindman. And in case you missed their testimony, Representative Sean Patrick Maloney of New York summed it up pretty well. Ms. Williams, you heard the call with your own ears, right? Yes, sir. Not secondhand, not hearsay. You heard the president speak. You heard his voice on the call. Correct. And your conclusion was what he said about investigating the Bidens was your words, unusual and inappropriate, I believe. Am I, am I right? That was my testimony. And then later, you too were on the White House call. Am I right? You heard it with your own ears. Correct. Not secondhand, not from somebody else, not hearsay, right? Correct. You heard the president's voice on the call. I did. And you heard him raise that subject again that Ambassador Sondland had raised before about investigating the Bidens, right? I did. All right, so that's that, right? That's, I mean, that's it. They both heard the president ask for the investigation. The case closed, but there's an old saying among trial lawyers, and that's if the facts are on your side, pound the facts. If the law's on your side, pound the law. And if neither's on your side, pound the table. Well, Republicans today pounded that table like, like Stormy Daniels pounded Donnie T with that Forbes magazine. They really, the way they treated this Lieutenant Colonel Vindman was embarrassing even for them. They tried to smear the recipient of a Purple Heart this, who, to protect a president who doesn't even have a red one. Jim Jordan of Ohio, <laughs> this guy, he implied that Vindman was a leaker with questionable judgment. You know, questionable judgment, like say if you were a wrestling coach and the team doctor was abusing your wrestlers and you knew about it, but you didn't say anything. That's questionable judgment, right, Jim Jordan? But this is the strategy. Their goal, the Republicans, is to, to smear them, to confuse us, to bore us, to question the loyalty and patriotism of lifelong civil servants and even members of our military who've served heroically. They're intentionally damaging these Americans to protect the lowlife. They know is a lowlife, but they also know defending him makes them popular amongst a certain group, so they do it anyway. The Lieutenant Colonel, Lieutenant Colonel this guy has a purple heart. They tried to pick him apart. The woman whose reputation they tried to stain works for Mike Pence right now. They're actually trying to make us believe that a woman who voluntarily works for Mike Pence is on the other side. And we're so used to these movies and TV shows where the criminal breaks down on the stand and confesses. It's like we're waiting for that to happen before we make a decision, but in real life, which believe it or not this is, that's not how it goes. No one shouts you can't handle the truth. It's not an episode of The Good Wife. We get little bits of information, and those little bits of information, to me, very plainly add up to this. Our president made it clear to Ukraine, you're not getting the money you need to keep your people alive unless you help me win the election. And that's it. And the idea that he was fighting corruption, Donald Trump, not only does Donald Trump care about corruption in Ukraine, he wanted it. He tried to buy it. Honestly, at this point, the only defense that might work for them is Donald Trump is too stupid to know he committed a crime. He's just dumb. <laughs> but the other big story... You're listening to the Bradcast Late Night Comedy Impeachment Hearing Week in Review Special. We'll be right back with more. Hey, this is Brad. If you haven't noticed by now, it's no easy feat finding facts, real facts, not alternative facts, over your public airwaves. 
We try to bring you real facts, truth, and clarity without fear or favor each and every day on the broadcast. But we need your help to do it, and that help is needed more now than ever. Please stop by bradblog.com donate today. That's bradblog.com donate, and thanks. After Marie Ivanovich's testimony at the impeachment hearing, during which the president attacked her via tweet, the former ambassador got an impromptu standing ovation at a D.C. area jazz club. The Late Show has acquired all the jazz club footage. Ladies and gentlemen, we have a special guest joining us tonight here at the Blues Alley Jazz Club. Please enjoy the vocal stylings of former ambassador Marie Yovanovitch. Our Ukraine policy has been thrown into disarray. I do not understand Mr. Giuliani's motives for attacking me. I stated that clearly. I stated that clearly. I stated that clearly. How could our system fail like this? It's very intimidating. Wait a minute. President Trump just tweeted at you. Every jazz club Marie Yovanovitch goes to turns bad. <laughs> what a jerk. He is. Welcome back. I'm Brad Friedman of bradblog.com, and this is the Bradcast Late Night Comedy Impeachment Hearing Week in Review Special. This was a huge day in the Ukraine scandal. There was explosive testimony from Ambassador to the European Union, Gordon Sondland, and I'll tell you all about it in tonight's live edition of Don and the Giant Impeach. Get me out of here. Sondland dropped the biggest bombshell in his opening statement. I know that members of this committee frequently frame these complicated issues in the form of a simple question. Was there a quid pro quo? The answer is yes. Yes! He said it on national television. I'm satisfied. I yield the balance of my time to Congressman Jack Daniels. Mm. Oh. Now, Solomon made it clear about this whole Ukrainian scheme. None of this was his idea. We all understood that these prerequisites for the White House call and the right White House meeting reflected President Trump's desires and requirements at the express direction of the President of the United States. We followed the President's orders. Historically speaking, there is no defense more heroic than we were just following orders. <laughs> Now, after months of not knowing why the administration was withholding what Ukraine was waiting for, Sondland finally called Trump directly. It was a very short, abrupt conversation. He was not in a good mood. That doesn't sound like Trump. <laughs> He's usually a little miss spray on sunshine. So on the call, Sondland asked what Trump wanted from the Ukrainians, and Sondland said that Trump said... Well, I'll tell you what, I'll just let Trump tell you what he says he said. So he's going, what do you want? What do you want? I hear all these theories. What do you want? Right? And now, here's my response that he gave. Just gave. Ready? You have the cameras rolling? I want nothing. That's what I want from Ukraine. That's what I said. I want nothing. 
Okay, sounds fairly innocent. An angry old man shouting into the phone, I want nothing, I want nothing. But here's why he might have been a bit of a cranky pants that day. This phone call happened the same day the whistleblower complaint was delivered to the House Intelligence Committee. Oh, Donnie's no dummy. He knew his ding-dong was in a door hinge. <laughs> you gotta say, that's really suspicious timing. That's like waiting till your parents are pulling into the driveway to text them, uh, please come home. Somebody broke into the house, threw a huge party, and hit all the vodka in my stomach. <laughs> now, the president wasn't the only one Sondland dropped a dime on. He also fingered Mike Pence. I was in a briefing uh, with several people, and I just spoke up, and I said, it appears that everything is stalled until this statement gets made. Something that words to that effect, and the vice president nodded, like you know he he heard what I said, and that was pretty much it, as I recall. Now keep in mind, nodding is the biggest movement Mike Pence can make. <laughs> if he moves his body any more than that, the devil will accuse him of dancing. <laughs> Solon went on to explain how many senior officials were in the know. A lot of senior officials. A lot of senior officials. Everyone was in the loop. Everyone? Could you be more specific? Secretary Pompeo, Secretary Perry, Brian McCormick, who is Secretary Perry's chief of staff at the time, Miss Kenna, who is the acting, pardon me, who is the executive secretariat for Secretary Pompeo, Chief of Staff Mulvaney, and Mr. Mulvaney's senior advisor, Rob Blair, Ambassador Bolton, Counselor Ulrich Breckbull, Dr. Hill, Mr. Morrison, and their staff at the NSC. I'd also like to incriminate my agent, baby doll, I love you, Marcy from Wardrobe, everybody at the RNC, Mick Mulvaney, we couldn't have suppressed Ukraine without you. Oh God, they're playing me off. I want to thank the whistleblower, everybody at HBO. Crime is crime is crime is crime. This is for you, Mom, we did it, good night. I'm sorry, I have to go this way. Now, it's no surprise who Sondland says was the delicious nougat at the center of this conspiracy. Secretary Perry, Ambassador Volker, and I worked with Mr. Rudy Giuliani on Ukraine matters at the express direction of the President of the United States. We did not want to work with Mr. Giuliani. Get in line. <laughs> now, Sondland said today he didn't realize what they were doing was wrong because no one ever told him it was wrong. No one said, back off of Ukraine, this is dangerous, you're doing something that's untoward, we have concerns. I don't remember anybody sounding any alarm bell because, of course, had someone mentioned it, I would have sat up and taken notice. Of course no one told you it was wrong. You are the patsy. That's why no one says, hey, can you take this backpack through customs for me? I would do it myself, but it's so full of heroin. <laughs> Sondland also remembered that he did talk to Trump on an unsecured phone from a Kiev restaurant, but the part he remembers might surprise you. What triggered my memory was someone's reference to ASAP Rocky, which was, I believe, the primary purpose of the phone call. Yeah, ASAP Rocky was the primary purpose of the call, as in... 
Zelensky better launch the Biden investigation ASAP or his life's about to get pretty rocky. <laughs> now, Democrats uh, on the committee uh, asked Sondland about the colorful language that he reportedly used when talking to Trump about Zelensky. Well, he also testified that you confirmed to President Trump that you were in Ukraine at the time and that President Zelensky, quote, loves your ass, unquote. Do you recall saying that? Yeah, it sounds like something I would say. <laughs> That's how President Trump and I communicate, a lot of four-letter words. In this case, three-letter. Huh. They really use four-letter words and three-letter words? What would those be? Quid pro quo. Oh, that checks out. I know my voice sounds a little hoarse. It's just because I've come down with a case of impeachment fever, baby, and also regular fever. It is a beautiful day. Ambassador to the European Union Gordon Sondland just implicated basically everyone who's ever set foot in the Trump White House. Was there a quid pro quo? As I testified previously, with regard to the requested White House call and the White House meeting, the answer is yes. Mr. Giuliani conveyed to Secretary Perry, Ambassador Volker, and others that President Trump wanted a public statement from President Zelensky committing to investigations of Burisma and the 2016 election. We all understood that these prerequisites for the White House call and the right White House meeting reflected President Trump's desires and requirements. All right, I think we can all take our impeachment balls and go home now because that is the whole ball game. Up until now, the witnesses who publicly testified in the impeachment hearings have been a cautious, sober bunch. Taken together, they laid out a damning case, but they didn't exactly give good sound bites. I am not here to take one side or the other. I do not understand Mr. Giuliani's motives for attacking me nor can I offer an opinion on whether he believed the allegations he spread about me. I don't believe I'm in a position to characterize it further than the president did in terms of asking for a favor. You know what these hearings could use? A guy who paid a million dollars for his ambassadorship. <laughs> Luckily, here comes this smug Wallace Shawn looking mother to blow the doors off this thing. Not only did Sondland leave Trump's defense in tatters, he also implicated Mick Mulvaney, Mike Pompeo, and Mike Pence. I think the Democrats have been going about this all wrong. They've been relying on respectable, objective witnesses, but of course that was never gonna work. In order to catch a selfish, idiotic hotel business guy, you have to send a selfish, idiotic hotel business guy. <laughs> Sondland's testimony was way more damning than anyone knew it would be. If you're not Devin Nunes, it was honestly really fun to watch Gordon Sondland. It's relaxing to see someone who knows they're a piece of shit and they're just like, yep. Well, he also testified that you confirmed to President Trump that you were in Ukraine at the time and that President Zelensky, quote, loves your ass, unquote. Do you recall saying that? Yeah, it sounds like something I would say. <laughs> <laughs> That's how President Trump and I communicate, a lot of four-letter words. Cool. Anyway, Sondland was also weirdly proud of the fact that he never takes notes. 
You are not a note taker, right? I'm not a note taker, never have been. There are several other conversations that you cannot recall because you don't have your notes or your documents or your emails or other information. But you remember that call specifically exactly what the president said to you in response to your question about what do you want? Why is that? I remember the first girl I kissed. I mean, it was three days ago and I paid her $2,000. Who wants to party? Gordon Sondland is such a delightful dirtbag idiot that it's easy to lose sight of what he actually did today. He is a first-hand witness to this conspiracy, and he confirmed that the president, the vice president, the chief of staff, and the secretary of state all knew about it. And I, for one, am grateful for this patriotic American, and I can't wait for his future reality show, Who Wants to Get Screwed by a Millionaire? <laughs> Just kidding. F*** this guy. The biggest political story today was a blockbuster hearing in Congress where we heard testimony from Gordon Sondland. He's the first witness to testify who spoke directly to President Trump about what he wanted from Ukraine. And today, he admitted, he admitted that, yes, Trump demanded a quid pro quo. Specifically, if Ukraine's president got dirt on Joe Biden, Trump would have a meeting with Zelensky in the White House. Not only did Sondland testify that Trump ordered a quid pro quo, he testified that basically everyone in the administration knew about it. Everyone, seriously. He threw everybody under the bus. Mike Pompeo, Mike Pence, Mick Mulvaney, John Bolton. But there's one man in particular that Sondland put at the center of the whole scandal, Rudy Giuliani. Secretary Perry, Ambassador Volker, and I worked with Mr. Rudy Giuliani on Ukraine matters at the express direction of the President of the United States. We did not want to work with Mr. Giuliani. We worked with Mr. Giuliani because the President directed us to do so. President Trump directed us to, quote, talk with Rudy. Let me say again, we weren't happy with the President's directive to talk with Rudy. We did not want to involve Mr. Giuliani. Oh, God damn, nobody wanted to work with Rudy Giuliani? <laughs> So today's hearing was very bad for President Trump. So much so that he came out of the White House before the hearing was even over to defend himself. And I gotta say, he seemed a little shook. Just a quick comment on what's going on in terms of testimony with Ambassador Sondland. And I just noticed one thing, and I would say that means it's all over. What do you want from Ukraine? He asks me, screaming, what do you want from Ukraine? What do you want from Ukraine? I keep hearing all these different ideas and theories. What do you want? What do you want? And now, here's my response that he gave, just gave. Ready? You have the cameras rolling? I want nothing. That's what I want from Ukraine. That's what I said. I want nothing. <laughs> What, what is Trump doing? <laughs> that was one of the least presidential things I've ever seen. He, he just looked like that, that crazy dude in the neighborhood who's yelling at everybody on his front lawn. If I find out who's been taking my newspaper, I swear to God. <laughs> and you realize the worst part is that Trump was reading all of that from notes. <laughs> like, that wasn't Trump freestyling. That was Trump prepared. Now, look, I'm no trained lawyer. I'm no trained lawyer. 
but I feel like innocent people don't need notes to remind themselves that they're innocent. <laughs> like, you never see defendants in a courtroom like, can I just say, Your Honor, I did not murder my wife. <laughs> so look, this didn't make Trump look good or innocent. In fact, he said the same lines so many times in so many different ways. It almost felt like he wasn't being presidential. It felt like Trump was auditioning to play the character president who is innocent. Ready? You have the cameras rolling? What do you want from Ukraine? What do you want from Ukraine? What do you want from Ukraine? I keep hearing all these different ideas and theories. What do you want? What do you want? What do you want? What do you want? I hear all these theories. What do you want, right? I want nothing. I want nothing. I want nothing. I want nothing. I want no quid pro quo. I want no quid pro quo. I want nothing. I want nothing. I want nothing. Thank you, folks. I think he nailed it, people. He's getting the job. We'll be right back. And we'll be right back, too, with our broadcast late-night comedy impeachment hearing week in review special. Right after this, I'm Brad Friedman. Don't touch that dial. The uh, additional memory that you have gained over the past few weeks from reading the testimony of others based on their notes and reviewing your own documents, you have remembered a lot more. Yeah, what triggered my memory was someone's reference to ASAP Rocky. What's my name? ASAP Rocky. What's my name? ASAP Rocky. Everyone was in the loop. They know. Chief of Staff Mulvaney. They know. Secretary Perry Giuliani. They know. My girl, my ex. Vice President Pence. Again, everyone's in the loop. They know. I emailed Secretary Pompeo. It's me. Secretary Pompeo replied. I saw. I spoke by phone with President Trump. The devil. Was there a quid pro quo? Yeah. Yeah, welcome back to the broadcast. I'm Brad Friedman. Our look at how the late night shows reported the last dizzying week or two of impeachment hearings continues now on Bradcast's late night comedy impeachment hearing week in review special. Enjoy. Everybody's so excited about day five of the live impeachment hearings. Yeah, the witnesses have been compelling. They've corroborated what the whistleblower said, but the people on the TV say the whole thing has one problem. The issue keeps on being kind of complicated for people to follow. Has this gotten too confusing uh, for the American people? There are too many names and too many of you tell me you're too confused. I know that uh, sometimes it's uh, not easy to follow all these, uh, uh, all the names in, in this particular saga. Are you seriously claiming that it's not easy for Americans to follow sagas with a lot of characters? Have you heard of Game of Thrones? For Pete's sake. It was pretty popular. Now, despite what the old brain trust on cable news claim, this is a very simple story. Trump released the transcript of his perfect phone call back in September, in which the president of Ukraine, he say, said he wanted more military aid. Then Trump immediately replied, I would like you to do us a favor, though. <laughs> and then asked Zelensky to investigate Clinton's server and Joe Biden. Not rocket surgery. But to help everyone remember, we've written this catchy jingle. There's just one thing that you need to know. 
Trump said, do us a favor though Everybody! There's just one thing that you need to know Trump said, do us a favor though Now, use the second one Nicely done. Simple jingle. Today's testimony was also easy for you to understand and hard for Trump to swallow. First up, diplomatic aide David Holmes. Holmes was stationed in Ukraine, and leading up to the swearing-in of the new Ukrainian president, he said there was a slight problem. At one point during a preliminary meeting of the inaugural delegation, someone wondered aloud why Mr. Giuliani was so active in the media with respect to Ukraine. My recollection is that Ambassador Sondland stated, quote, Damn it, Rudy. Every time Rudy gets involved, he goes and Fs everything up. Yes. The other witness today was former White House advisor Fiona Hill. The first butts she booted this morning were Republicans who insist on floating bizarre conspiracy theories about the 2016 election. Based on questions and statements I have heard, some of you on this committee appear to believe that Russia and its security services did not conduct a campaign against our country, and that perhaps, somehow, for some reason, Ukraine did. This is a fictional narrative that has been perpetrated and propagated by the Russian security services themselves. These fictions are harmful even if they are deployed for purely domestic political purposes. Oh, really? Are you sure? Because this Facebook article from Russia Today says, you're an Illuminati lizard person and I am a very smart, handsome man. <laughs> now, now Hill, Hill had a stark warning for Americans. The Russian government's goal is to weaken our country. Hill confirmed previous reports that nobody likes Rudy Giuliani. Ambassador Bolton had looked pained, um, basically uh, indicated with body language that there was nothing much that we could do about it. And he then, in the course of that discussion, said that Rudy Giuliani was a hand grenade that was going to blow everyone up. Uh, I don't know about hand grenade. Rudy seems more like a Molotov cocktail, used by Russians and full of alcohol. He'll explain. Hill explained that she attended a meeting with Ambassador Bolton, Rick Perry, and Ambassador Sondland on July 11th, where Sondland brought up the conditions for Zelensky to get a meeting with Trump. After the meeting, Bolton was so freaked out that he told Hill to go immediately to the NSC lawyer, John Eisenberg. You tell Eisenberg, Ambassador Bolton told me, that I am not part of uh, this whatever drug deal that Mulvaney and Sondland are cooking up. Yes. Mulvaney and Sondland were cooking up a drug deal. It's all in the new drama, Breaking Bald. <laughs> then, uh, Dr. Hill told the committee exactly how she felt about Gordon Sondland promoting the president's political agenda in Ukraine. It struck me when yesterday, when you put up on the screen Ambassador Sondland's emails, and who was on these emails, and he said, these are the people who need to know that he was absolutely right because he was being involved in a domestic political errand. And we were being involved in national security foreign policy. I did say to him, Ambassador Sondland, Gordon, I think this is all going to blow up, and here we are. And now that it has, I've prepared a brief statement. In your face, in your face, I was right, so suck it, you witless wanker. <laughs> I like her a lot. Yesterday, 
During the impeachment hearings, Trump traveled uh, down to Austin, Texas, where he toured an Apple manufacturing plant. A reporter asked Trump how he felt about Gordon Sondland's testimony. What did you make of Ambassador Sondland's testimony this morning? Well, I think it was fantastic. I think they have to end it now. He said there was no quid pro quo. No. No, he didn't. Sondland said this. Was there a quid pro quo? The answer is yes. I don't know. It was clearly yes. Yes. This has been an explosive week of testimony in Washington. If you'd like an example of just how shocking and crazy things have been, I'd like to direct you to C-SPAN. Normally a source of calm and consistency, but the tone was a little different today when they were taking calls on impeachment and someone from Florida called in after someone from Alabama and said this. Howdy. Uh, I just want to apologize first and foremost for all the morons on the calls earlier, especially from, uh, you know, Alabama and all that. Secondly, I just want to say impeach the f Have a great day. That's it for phone calls right now. Oh, my God. <laughs> Impeachment's been so crazy, C-SPAN is turning into Howard Stern. <laughs> so that's just a little glimpse into how crazy Washington's been this week. Now, the actual impeachment hearings have been nothing short of jaw-dropping with one bombshell after another. The testimony this week has directly tied virtually every senior official in Trump's inner circle to a corrupt quid pro quo in which the president used hundreds of millions of dollars in taxpayer money appropriated by Congress to solicit a bribe from a foreign country to help him in the 2020 election. That's it. That's the major takeaway I wish everyone would remember. Before these hearings, the only line of defense Trump and his allies had, the line they kept repeating over and over and over again, was that there was no quid pro quo with Ukraine. There's no uh, quid pro quo, no demand, no pressure, no threat. There's no quid pro quo. There was no quid pro quo. There is no quid pro quo. There is no quid pro quo. There was no quid pro quo. There was no quid pro quo. There was no quid pro quo. But listen to this. There is no pro quo. In a way... That's Trump's best defense. How can I be guilty of something if I can't even remember how to say it? <laughs> so there you go. Trump says there was no pro quo, which sounds like something a tourist would say in Europe when one of those dudes comes into the restaurant selling flowers. Scusi? No, no pro quo. <laughs> but yesterday, that talking point was completely blown up when Trump's hand-picked ambassador to the European Union, Gordon Sondland, a businessman who donated a million dollars to Trump's inaugural committee, and who was a central player in the Ukraine scheme, said there was, in fact, a quid pro quo. Was there a quid pro quo? As I testified previously, with regard to the requested White House call and the White House meeting, the answer is yes. So there it is. He settled it definitively once and for all. There was, in fact, a quid pro quo. What could Trump's defense possibly be? I never said there was no quid pro quo. I said there was no pro quo. Totally different. So everyone in the White House knew what was going on. In fact, Sondland named tons of people, from Trump to Vice President Mike Pence, all the way down the chain. President Trump, Vice President Pence, Secretary Perry, Ambassador Volker, Secretary Pompeo, Ambassador Bolton, Chief of Staff Mulvaney, Rudy Giuliani. My God, it's like he was reading from a phone book of criminals. I guess in this case, it would be called the very white pages. So everyone knew what was happening, or as Sondland put it in his testimony yesterday. Everyone was in the loop. It was no secret. 
Of course, this administration has no secrets because every time they do something secret, Rudy Giuliani runs to the nearest TV camera, confesses to everything, and gives us the evidence. Did our State Department ask you to go on a mission for them? Uh, they, they did. So you did ask Ukraine to look into Joe Biden? Of course I did. And you know who I did it at the request of? The State Department. It's all here. Right here. He literally confessed to all of it, then showed us the evidence. Rudy already held his own impeachment inquiry by himself. He's like a guy who sees the cops at his door and breaks down before they ask him a question. Fine, I robbed the bank. Here's the gun. I used, and here's the cash. Sir, I am just here to check the meter. I... <laughs> so in many ways, we already knew the core facts at the heart of the case, but this week's testimony has made it clear as day. Yes, there was a quid pro quo. Yes, it was ordered by the president. Yes, everyone else knew about it. And yes, it was designed specifically to help Trump win the 2020 election, which is important because the other line of defense Republicans have used was that Trump was just concerned about corruption in Ukraine in general. In fact, Rudy Giuliani, who is reportedly under criminal investigation, repeated that argument yesterday in an interview with Glenn Beck, but I don't think it came out quite the way Rudy intended it. It's rumored they're investigating me for bribery. I like to know who I bribed. I don't, I, I don't uh, you know, I, I, I don't bribe people. I've been, I've been doing this for 50 years of my life. I've never had a complaint. I think people understand that I have a very, very great passion for corruption. Oh, uh, no. No, that didn't, that didn't come out the way you wanted it to. That, but obviously, this was not about corruption in general. This was about helping Trump specifically. Yesterday, for example, Sondland admitted in an exchange with Congressman Sean Patrick Maloney that the investigations were explicitly designed to benefit Trump, although it took some coaxing to get it out of him. Who would have benefited from an investigation of the president's political opponents? I don't want to characterize who would have and who would not have. I know you don't want to, sir. That's my question. Would you, would you answer it for me? Restate your question. Who would benefit from an investigation of the president's political opponent? Well, Presumably that the person who asked for the investigation. Who's that? If the president asked for the investigation, it would be he. Well, it's not a hypothetical, is it, sir? Who Please, would benefit sir. from an investigation of the Bidens? They're two different questions. I, you... I, I'm just asking you one. Who would benefit from an investigation of the Bidens? I assume President Trump would benefit. There we have it, see? <laughs> Trump, the answer is Trump. So you heard Sondland very clearly there. This was all orchestrated to hurt Trump's political rivals and help the president win. And today we got more testimony that confirmed that fact from a State Department official named David Holmes. Holmes was with Sondland in Ukraine when Sondland called Trump to talk about the scheme and Holmes overheard that conversation. Now you recall that yesterday Sondland confirmed the account that Holmes had given, an account Holmes repeated today. I heard Ambassador Sondland greet the president and explain he was calling from Kyiv. I heard President Trump then clarify that Ambassador Sondland was in Ukraine. Ambassador Sondland replied, yes, he was in Ukraine, and went on to state that President Zelensky, quote, loves your ass. I then heard President Trump ask, so he's going to do the investigation. Ambassador Sondland replied that he's going to do it. He also testified that you confirmed to President Trump that you were in Ukraine at the time, and that President Zelensky, quote, loves your ass, unquote. Do you recall saying that? Yeah, it sounds like something I would say. <laughs> that is the face of a man who has no left to give. I mean, yeah, man. I mean, yeah. Oh, yeah. That sounds like Gordon Sondland. 
<laughs> but if I crack open a brewski, it's party time. So Holmes overheard Trump ask Sondland about the investigations, and just in case it wasn't absolutely clear what they were talking about when Sondland got off the phone with Trump, Holmes asked him to clarify, and Sondland confessed to everything on the spot. After the call ended, Ambassador Sondland remarked that the president was in a bad mood. As Ambassador Sondland stated, it was often the case early in the morning. I then took the opportunity to ask Ambassador Sondland for his candid impression of the president's views on Ukraine. In particular, I asked Ambassador Sondland if it was true that the president did not give a expletive about Ukraine. Ambassador Sondland agreed that the president did not give an expletive about Ukraine. Hey, man, you don't got to bleep yourself. You can just say it. We're way past bleeping. A porn star went on TV and talked about the president's d and people are dropping F-bombs on C-SPAN. We are... We are through the looking glass, baby. But then Holmes continued and said that Sondland made it clear to him that all Trump cared about was investigating his political rival, Joe Biden. Ambassador Sondland agreed that the president did not give an expletive about Ukraine. I asked, why not? And Ambassador Sondland stated that the president only cares about big stuff. I noted there was big stuff going on in Ukraine, like a war with Russia. And Ambassador Sondland replied that he meant big stuff that benefits the president, like the Biden investigation that Mr. Giuliani was pushing. I briefed the call in detail to the deputy chief of mission, went away for a week, come back, I refer to the call, and everyone is nodding. Of course that's what's going on. Of course the president is pressing for a Biden investigation before he'll do these things the Ukrainians want. There was nodding agreement. Everyone by that point agreed. It was obvious what the president was pressing for. It was obvious. This is about the Biden. Sondland said it himself. In fact, I got Rudy on FaceTime right now. Rudy, did you ask Ukraine to investigate the Bidens? Of course I did. Thank you. <laughs> And if you're wondering how Holmes could have overheard Trump speaking on Sondland's phone, Holmes even did a physical reenactment to show just how loud Trump was yelling. When the president came on, he sort of winced and held the phone away from his ear like this. Um, and he did that for the first couple exchanges. That's how I was able to hear it. So Rudy was at the center of this, and everything he was doing, he did at the express direction of the president. Everyone knew what was going on, even if they weren't happy about it. In fact, Sondland made that clear in his testimony yesterday. And again today, Holmes and former national security official Fiona Hill made it clear using several colorful metaphors. Ambassador Bolton had looked pained, um, basically uh, indicated with body language that there was nothing much that we could do about it. And he then, in the course of that discussion, said that Rudy Giuliani was a hand grenade that was going to blow everyone up. Someone wondered aloud why Mr. Giuliani was so active in the media with respect to Ukraine. My recollection is that Ambassador Sondland stated, quote, damn it, Rudy, every time Rudy gets involved, he goes and Fs everything up. So Holmes shared his recollections of what he overheard on the phone call with Trump. Trump was on the other end, but he was speaking loudly enough that Holmes could hear him, an account that Sondland himself confirmed yesterday. But still, Trump and his allies remain unconvinced. Trump, for example, insisted this morning that overhearing someone on a phone call was impossible, and he would know because he's tried. <laughs> Here's what we learned this week. There was a corrupt quid pro quo in which the president of the United States solicited a bribe from a foreign country to interfere in the 2020 election, and everyone knew about it. We have the testimony. We have the evidence. That's it. It's an open and shut case. The Republicans have no defense, so all they can do is lie and attack the witnesses. I don't know what they'll do next, but as for the Democrats, it sure looks like they're going to... Impeach the... This has been A Closer Look.
And this has been your Bradcast Late Night Comedy Impeachment Hearing Week in Review Special. Our thanks to our producer, Desi Doyen, for tracking all of our clips down today. And, of course, to all of the Late Night Show hosts you heard today, including Seth Meyers, Stephen Colbert, Jimmy Kimmel, Sam B., and Trevor Noah. If you missed any portion of today's program or any other, you can download it anytime for free at bradblog.com. Drop me email if you like. I am bradcast at bradblog.com. And on the Facebooks and the Twitters, I am the Brad Blog. And finally, as ever, our thanks to those of you who stopped by bradblog.com slash donate to help Desi and me do what we do every day over your public airwaves. That's it. Until we meet again, I'm Brad Friedman. Good luck, world. Everybody! There's just one thing that you need to know. Trump said he was a favorite, though.